Hello and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the ALT Learn Podcast. I'm John Tate and I'll be your host as we break down the craft of teaching and the science of learning, what this pedagogy looks like in the classroom, and get to find out how our teachers are turning all this theory into practice. So, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to episode 11 of the ALT Learn Podcast, where we've got another great episode lined up for you today, discussing how we can make the feedback that we give our students more effective together with being more efficient with our time. So I'm pleased to say that alongside me on today's show, we've got Nigel Atten, Head of Maths at North Allerton School. And one welcome to the podcast, Nigel, and thank you for sitting down with me this afternoon to talk about teaching and learning. A pleasure, John. I'm really looking forward to it. Right, let's get straight into it then. So I've got a a broad and open-ended question to start with. Why is feedback important in the learning process? Well, learning, uh, from my point of view, is, is getting students to improve uh, you know, increase their knowledge, improve their ability to follow processes, to uh, develop a further understanding. Uh, and if we're going to improve students in any of those areas, we need to basically spot where they're going wrong and help them steer them in the right direction. There's you know, the old phrase is, practice makes perfect. But actually, I think that I heard this about five years ago, practice makes permanent. Yep. And if we're not feed, uh, giving some intervention, feeding back at some point, we may be allowing our students to practice the wrong thing, yep. which then makes that permanent. Uh, another real um, thing, especially in maths and my reading about maths, motivation and, and developing the... A level of success. I mean, it's mentioned in Rose and Shine, but it's in mm-hmm. all of the all of the maths. Um, trying to get students to feel successful in maths. Yeah. If you're not giving them feedback saying that, mm-hmm. they ain't going to feel it. So it's got a, a a big impact on students. Not only the knowledge improvement, but also their feeling about your subject. Yeah, definitely. And I think we we were chatting kind of uh, off air a little while ago about just in our general lives as well. Yeah, how yeah. actually we all like to get some kind of feedback, yeah. even if it's from what we're wearing to how we're doing or in our jobs yeah, or nice side, <laughs> or sport or anything you know actually we, we want we want to know how we're doing and actually not just how we're doing but then the next step is how do I get better yeah how do I actually make this even better and like you, you mentioned it there about that and we've seen lots of things from things like the EF yeah. um, about how important it is and it's one of the biggest tools in our armory if done correctly yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's the case so we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in the next few questions anyway about how we can do it really well and like I said at the top of the uh, the show how we can be more efficient with it because it has been unfortunately something that's driven lots of teachers out of the profession hasn't it you know we've yeah. seen the kind of huge increases in marking workload yeah, with very little marking and exactly and with unfortunately yeah. very little impact yeah um, and it's, it's caused significant workload so we really want to focus on in this episode how we can be effective but also how we can be effective whilst being more efficient yeah. uh, because we're ready to do that. So, um, in the last episode, I discussed the use of mini whiteboards to gain a better understanding of what everyone knows in the room or is thinking. And I did that with, with Doug Welsh in the last, um, in the last episode. Um, and we were talking about kind of how he can then use whiteboards to give immediate feedback. So, in terms of maths then, how, yeah. does, that, how, how does that kind of, uh, how does that thing work in maths? Well, in maths, we, we are going to be, we plan to trial the use of whiteboards across the faculty. Um, but then COVID kicked in. So we developed um, a slightly less um, whiteboard. Well, we didn't have whiteboards. We just mm-hmm. basically what we do is we ask the students as a class some questions, a limited amount. So at the start of every, uh, every lesson, for example, we'll do three recall questions. And what we'll do is we'll give them some time to work through those. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it's retrieval, they're doing it on their own without looking back. Um, and then we will basically give them the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, if the students 
all of the students in the room have got that answer. They can put their hands up and say, I've got it right. Yeah. And if their hands are down, mm -hmm. we've got to gauge in very simply mm -hmm. how much of that uh, class has mm -hmm. got that question correct. It also allows us to question people who have got it wrong and try and niggle out where mm -hmm. their mistakes were made yeah. um, and, and sort of um, will also give us an idea of who we need to target when we go in and do our live marking, which we'll come yeah. on to later, I'm sure. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not necessarily that they're holding up the answer, but they're writing their answer in the book and we're getting them to check their answers. There's a bit of training involved yeah, yeah. And, and trust, obviously, yeah. that needs to be built up. So when we first start it, we're obviously checking that they mm -hmm. are getting the right answer because mm -hmm. some will just put their hands up and some, will, some will not even put their hands up when they've got it right. So there's a, there's a bit of uh, work to be done in terms of getting that atmosphere where they're happy to admit the wrong, happy to admit the right, and then you can sort of deal with what's in front of you. And then, so, so, so from a kind of feedback point of view, yeah. you're then getting, I suppose, because the, the feedback works both ways. Yeah. You're getting feedback in terms of how all of the students have done, yeah. all of the students, not yes. just a couple that you've asked no. questions to, which again is one of those pitfalls of just traditional questioning that we only might know what three people yeah, know. Yeah, rather. Exactly so that. we're getting that feedback. But I take it then that allows you to give those students quite a lot of feedback if they have got things wrong or, if, yeah. or you can then work out if there's some misconceptions there as well potentially yeah, and you well, can you, give you, that quite quickly. You're either going to get mistakes or misconceptions or just not got a clue. Yeah. And, and whenever you've got mistakes, misconceptions or not got a clue, you can wheedle that out through your questioning. I mean, if, if you've got a class and only two kids have got their hands up, you know that there's going to need to be some form of reteaching. Yeah. So that's what you do. If you've got, if you design your question, which is what we'll be working on uh, in, in the sort of future CPD for maths at some point. If you design your question where you know what the, the most common misconception or errors are, mm -hmm. and then you can say, right, well, who got negative five? Who got positive five? Well, let's have a look at this. Yeah. And you can, you, you'll can you see that by knowing what the common misconceptions are and planning them into sort of your, your question yeah. of the students, you can then um, anticipate what feedback's required for the students. You can then give a further example and say, right, let's do this again, let's see if we can do that. Um, where you've got um, just one or two students that, that haven't got it right, then you're gonna say, right, let's park that there. I'm gonna come over and talk to you at some point mm -hmm. during the lesson, and I'll give you uh, an individual. You two come and sit with me. We'll just do two minutes, bang, bang. This is what we're yeah. doing. Here's a bit of extra work for you to have a go at. Let's see if you can do that next lesson. I'll, give, I'll give you another one. So that's that's how we, we're Great. using it. Really. And it's interesting when, when you look at the work of Dylan William, he talks about, when he talks about formative assessment, he yeah. said he wished he'd renamed it responsive teaching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's exactly what you've described yeah. there, actually, is that too many teachers, I think, historically, um, you know, over the last 20, 30 years, have questioned students, they've done assessments, they've done that kind of um, dynamic uh, formative assessment but then nothing's really changed. Yeah. And actually, there's no, there's almost like no point. You know, if you find out what the students can't do, but then your lesson plan doesn't change from them, or your next lesson isn't responsive to that, yeah. then what was the point of collecting the data anyway? Because actually, when you put data into a mark book, nobody improves because of that. You just track what yeah. students don't know. What you said quite nicely is that then, well, it, it then tells me what I need to do next, what I need to reteach, what I need to go back over of, and what I need to kind of change. And I think that's the key, isn't it? That, it, it, it's the feedback to the students, but it's also the feedback to you yeah. in terms of then what you do next. Well, it's a feedback loop, isn't it? So it also onto that, that you've checked it once, but then you're responding to it further down the line. I think it's important that not only you can't, you don't learn something within an hour. You know, learning goes over a longer, longer time. Reading 
bit of Mark McCourt and, and listening to some of his podcasts that he's done with Craig Barton, the importance of time in the learning process is, is just really key. Not thinking that because they've had it nailed once yeah. that they've got it nailed. So that's where all that recall and retrieval Absolutely. later on Brilliant. as well. Right, shifting on then into, to the next part of it. Yeah. One, of the, um, one of the pitfalls of a more traditional approach to marketing and feedback is that it can, quite, it can take quite a long time really between... I suppose if, if listeners yeah. think about it, a student doing a piece of work in the classroom, then it being marked, yeah. then it being fed, you know, given back to the student, and then the student actually potentially doing something with it. You know, you've got quite a long time yeah. in that kind of process. So why is it important then, uh, just either generally in teaching or if you want to be more specific in maths, about the immediacy of the feedback we give our students in our classrooms? The, within, within maths... It's it's different to, to some other subjects. So if we if we take you know history or English, it, it's more of a there's an improvement of a, a, an essay or, yeah. or a piece of writing. How would this be improved? Yeah. In a lot of the maths that we do, it's it's either right or they're wrong, yeah. and we need to know whether there's misconceptions, mistakes, or they've not yeah. they've totally got not got it. Like I said earlier, um, but so if if we take in a set of books and people are marking they've got it right or wrong. And I remember writing stuff like this before in the past, and it's really embarrassing. You just put in at the bottom, you must improve on being able to, and you basically put the title of the lesson on yeah, there, so you yeah. must be able to improve. Please just be better at yeah, this. Be yeah. better at solving equations, yeah. get on with it. And then, yeah, yeah. And then, so actually the feedback you can give, unless you can really work out what the student's thinking throughout their mathematical process, which you can sometimes, but not all the time, and certainly... Um, you know, you not from mark. You know, you wouldn't want to be marking thirty questions when actually you could be talking to a student and say, right, okay, what have you done here? Mm-hmm. How have you got that answer? All oh, right, okay, I can see where you've gone wrong. Let's think about this and then talk to them straight away. So, in terms of the immediacy, the the immediacy in maths allows us to actually find out where they're going wrong because actually, if I'm taking a book in and I'm looking at that work. A lot of the time, I won't be able to unpick the thinking that's mm-hmm. behind it. I won't be able to work out whether they've just made a mistake or they've got a total misconception yeah. or whatever. I mean, the other thing is, with the, with the immediacy, you've got it in the head at the time. And now, if I when I, I used to play rugby, uh, as you can see from my henchness, <laughs> um, <laughs> but when we were doing coaching, if I was in the wrong position at the wrong time, I'd get told straight away and yeah. then I'd move back and yeah. then I'd improve the next time we did the drill. Or if, I, if I've been to the gym or if I've gone, um, I've played tennis or whatever it is, if I, like <laughs> we were chatting about this earlier, you just, if I got a letter from my coach saying, uh, by the way, in training, you did this, this and this wrong, so if you can do that next time, please do it. And I'd be like, well, I don't even understand what when, it means. When, when we break it down like that, and I know yeah. we, we were chatting like say off air about this before, when we break it down in that sense, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. You know, when you say it out loud and say, yeah, yeah. here's what you did in the training session, I'm going to write to you and I'm going to give it to you in a week's time yeah. and I'm not even going to maybe even give you the opportunity when I give you that letter to practice it. Yeah, yeah. You have to then work out when you want to practice it. It's, it's absurd. Yeah. However, so many people listening to this will, will, will familiarise themselves with that either from their own practice yeah. or when they were taught as, 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 a, as a child in a school as well. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we need to, like you mentioned, if you mentioned rugby, tennis, playing the guitar, anything like that, if you want to improve, you, you want someone to tell you there and then how to tweak it, change it or how to improve it. And then immediately you want to be able to put that in practice and give it a go yeah. and get a bit better and then for them to say, brilliant, that's really, you know, to get that yeah. positive feedback. So, I think when we put it in those terms, we've got to try and somehow make that, that make that yeah. feedback immediate, you know. And 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 as you know, we'll talk about a couple of ways we can do that in a minute. But I think the more we can do that in the classroom, 
um, the, the the better it's going to be, the more impact it's going to have, and clearly more efficient. Yeah. You know, because you, you, you were talking about it being you know, verbal there, weren't you? Yeah. Like you know, speaking to that student. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of stuff, you know, has, has, has got to be really, really, really good. Um, so think you, know, you mentioned this a couple of minutes ago, actually, in the, one of the answers to the to the first one. But you know, I've heard you talking you know, recently around school, but also we mentioned it a minute ago about live marking. Yeah. And it's something that I'm kind of hearing, you know, quite a lot. Um, in on Twitter and, and, and people kind of talking about live marking and so on. So I, I want you to, to talk about and tell us really and the listeners kind of you know what it is and how you use it in the classroom together with also what's the benefit of it. Yeah. So if I set up a typical sort of maths lesson scenario, which it would be we've got three three questions of recall. We'll go check check for understanding. We'll do any sort of address any issues we've got, and then we'll do. Um, moving to the main part of the lesson and, and most of our maths lessons will be a lot of modeling a lot of assessing through a your turn so you can check again with the mm-hmm. hands up who's got this all right if you're over like 90 yeah. percent you're fine uh, you might hit uh, two or three different types of the same question so you, what you're not doing is having to run around and address all yeah, those yeah. issues so you've thought about your questions before you you're modeling that you're going to do before you go in and then there will be an independent bit of practice so they've just uh, I think Mark McCourt calls it regurgitating because of the recency in Q. It, yeah. it's, it's making sure that they can actually apply that in some way. Um, and, and part of that independent practice is where they're just having to go at some questions. You've made sure you've put in some little bits that are going to challenge them so there are some changes in there and you will be able to pick up misconceptions, mistakes, etc. Mm-hmm. But once they're set off on that independent bit of practice, you're up, you're out in the room, and you're looking at what they're doing. Yeah. You, you know, some kids really don't like you hanging over them, but you can you can see it from without making them feel uncomfortable. You're looking at what they're doing, and actually, you, you you're able to tick if they're getting it right, and that that sort of is the motivation, yeah. the success straight away. You can spot pretty quickly if you watch somebody for you know 30 seconds exactly what they're doing and exactly where the mistake is made, which you probably can't pick up if you if you mark the books afterwards. So you can spot a mistake live and you, you can you can either prevent that from happening and you can say, well, think about it. Let's think about what we said mm-hmm. in, the, in the model here. What did you do? Or you can let them make the mistake and then say, right, okay, you've made a mistake here. And then depending on the student, they might need you to give another example and then say, or another model and then say right do you still agree that that's the right, right. answer uh, and then, you know when you when you talk about it, it sounds like it's a really long-winded thing but it isn't it just yeah. flows so quickly so you're going around to a student you're ticking yeah that's brilliant well done that's perfect ah oh, okay right this bit here you've got this you know you've got to a student and they've got three questions wrong in a row but they've only done three questions because mm-hmm. you've got to them within the lesson perfect and and you're not letting them get all the way to the end of those 10 questions that you've set making seven making more the mistakes. same mistake yeah, yeah, making yeah. that practice permanent yeah. and actually you can pick it up much quicker you'll know who you're going to target because you've already assessed who's the ones who have struggled in your room so yeah. you'd be hitting them first if you can mm-hmm. but then as you move around you, you can just see what's going on now you're not going to get to all 32 kids necessarily every single time but in your head you know that who you haven't covered yeah, before yeah. so yeah. it's about making it really quick and really easy to spot where they're making those errors within their work yeah and it's great that i'll I'll just pick that apart a little bit from 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 various things i think that firstly 
having having the kind of mindset that when you do set students off on independent work, rather than just walk in the room aimlessly yeah. and just doing a kind of a what I would call like an exam invigilator's walk where you <laughs> yeah, almost do like a pockets. yeah figure <laughs> of eight round you walk around yeah. everywhere you know that kind of, actually have a bit more purpose mm-hmm. and you know grab your pen from your desk get up and then start doing those things like straight away that's something that I'm sure people can who are listening can pick up in any subject yeah, yeah. you know rather when when you are walking walk with a purpose and and give it an opportunity of I'm going to do some live marketing Second thing I, I, I really found interesting was when you mentioned there that you can, you're almost getting in the head of the person who's doing their answer. Yeah, yeah. And you can then, like you said, you, you can you can spot there and then live their thought processes and why they're making the mistake, which maybe you said you can't do when you look at a book kind of blind. Is it just, yeah. just want to talk a bit more about, about why you think that is? And, and you know, because I think that's really interesting isn't it? that you can, you can, you, you, you feel you can yeah. spot it easier live whether that's because you're in the moment with that student or whether you're yeah. whether you're seeing how long it takes them to do something or which order well, they do it in or whatever it is. It's all of the above, really. Yeah. I mean, one, when you're sat watching or stood watching somebody do it, you're doing that with them. Mm. So you are anticipating their next step. So yeah. in your head, you're going, right, they're going to do this. Ah, so they've not done that. So I see it straight away. If you're looking at a book, some students are really good at communicating what they're doing. The weaker students, or some of the um, some of the people that haven't bought into yet the fact that they need to communicate yep. clearly their methods, you ain't ever going to get that. You're never going to know where they've gone wrong because some of them are just chucking down answers, and you, yep. you you know you're still trying to address that. But when you're there live, you're thinking about what they're doing, and you are anticipating their next step. And if you get the next step, you're just giving a nod and you're giving yeah, yeah, a tick. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you're in the moment with them. Yeah. And I, I, I can yeah. really kind of see that. And, and, I, and, I, and I think it's a, that's something I've never really thought about, about, you know, because we talk about marketing and feedback, but generally it, it's, it's after the event. Yeah. And actually what you're saying is right there and then can be far more powerful. Yeah, yeah. Linking to that as well, obviously, then you mentioned there about the practice makes permanent and why do we want this person to make the same seven more mistakes that they've made in the first three? <laughs> yeah. Because actually, it's it's totally counterproductive to the learning process because as you as you quite rightly pointed out, the more that we do something wrong, the more it becomes ingrained into our yeah. habits, so the harder it is to change further down the line. So let's intervene as quick as we possibly can and we know that in any shape of life, early intervention is better, so let, let's let's do that. Um, and, and, and then also lastly, you know, when you are walking and you mentioned, you know, targeting the people, you know, you, you get to first. So not just, again, an aimless walk that starts near your desk and ends up rather than that side of the room, you know, yep. actually, where are you going first? Who are you going to target? And, you know, just, just like your questions, are you going to go over and, and, and walk past your disadvantaged students first? Are you going to, walk, you know, go and help the people that struggle in the last topic? That understanding of your group, that real deep understanding of the group helps you then target where you start. And I think some of that, if that can be done effectively, surely has to be far better than the old style take the books in at the end mark them and find that all the kids made the same mistakes and yeah. you know that kind of demoralising <laughs> I'll have to reteach it again <laughs> yeah so let's get there at the time yeah. so I, I, all of that is, is brilliant so I think anyone listening in terms of live marking irrespective of your subject yes as Nigel's pointed out it might be a little bit easier in some senses in maths because of that the processes and the right and wrong but I think everyone from any subject should be able to take something from that especially about that in the moment kind of helps so I think that's brilliant Moving on then to, to something else that I've, um, I know that you've, you, you've kind of used before, and again, it's starting to uh, not creep into teaching. It's been there for a while, but it, yeah. it's it, I'm hearing more and more about it. Um, it's whole class feedback. So, um, kind of thinking about whole class feedback and thinking about the benefits and, and how you've used it in maths, but also again, 
has it has it created efficiencies you know and, yeah. and that kind of, so you know, talk to me about that have you used it does it work has it become more efficient and what's the impact of it yeah um well with the structure in place that we mentioned earlier where we're doing this the recall and then the modeling and the auto and actually with the recall we are giving the whole class feedback because we're getting we're assessing you know if there's a whole class issue yeah. we can address it there and then mm -hmm. and then we can feed it into future lessons and, and make sure that they've still got it um I've saw when I um, I used to work with uh, Hannah Miller, who's now the head at Stokesley, yep. and, and I've seen when she was doing one of her A level lessons, she had had basically gone through the essays and was basically sharing back and saying, right, this is where we've all gone wrong as a group. Yeah. So that's this is how this these three things. If all if all these three these three things change in all of our essays, mm -hmm. all of our essays yeah. Yeah. are better. So what, you, what she's not done is gone, you must do this, target is this, target yeah. is that. She, she, obviously there's, a, there's an assessment of what's gone on in front uh, on that page and picked out what is the, the key things that that group need to work on yeah. and then modelled, shown yeah. how to do it with a, with a different yeah. piece of work and then say, right, now improve your work, which mm -hmm. was, I think, the first time that I'd seen that in action uh, from, a, from a different lesson. Uh, which was really interesting because obviously I'm in a maths classroom all the time, but I think you know that moving away from individualised targets all the time mm -hmm. because all of them needed to improve in those three. So it was yeah. a case of you've built in massive, in, massive efficiencies into mm -hmm. that um, because you're allowed. You, you know you could do individuals, but you've got to talk to each individual, and, yeah. and, and that takes a mm -hmm. lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, so the efficiencies of that are, are, are really, really key. Um, in terms of maths, like I say, it's it's more when we're assessing, but there is a danger. I think there's a danger of whole class feedback in maths because um, if we are giving whole class feedback after an assessment, for example, yeah, and um, one of the questions was a fraction question, and so therefore we decide we're going to reteach fractions from the beginning mm -hmm. and actually all it is is they haven't understood the wording of the question. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to be really careful about what it is that the students need and that's really difficult in maths to take from an assessment so i mean you, you've got all these question level analysis where you say you know this mm -hmm. you can see that the students have got this question yeah, wrong topics, but, it, yeah. but what it doesn't necessarily Why? mean is that they can't do fractions what it might be is they don't understand the words yeah. what they mean yeah. and then so you've got to be really careful that when you are Analyzing whatever you're, you're taking in, that you're not making the wrong assumptions and then reteaching. And, and, and that goes back that to way. what we, we were talking about misconceptions against mistakes. Yeah. Or I just don't know. Yeah. And I guess, because actually, you know, we, were, we talked about this before and I've done a session on this that actually, if, if a student's got a deep seated misconception, they're going to get that question wrong until the day they die. Yeah, yeah. If a student has just made a mental error or a mistake or lack of focus or yeah. whatever, there's a fairly high chance that they might be able to get it right the next time or at yeah. least a 50 50 chance that they're going to get it right or wrong yeah, yeah. whereas if it's a misconception they're never ever going to get that right and actually we need to understand and, and diagnose yeah. you know why that is to then be able to put the you know to, to, to put Which things is where your assessment for learning will have to be done as uh, before just assuming so i mean within you know even within 15 scripts if every, if 15 people have made a mistake or a misconception or have got that question wrong There'll be, there could be 15 different reasons yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, so. and, that, and that, unfortunately, doesn't help anybody, no. does it? Because it's, <laughs> so. you know, it's that kind of idea of there's 15 people in the doctor's waiting room yeah. all saying they feel ill. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, 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 know, you can't have a, a whole doctor's waiting room feedback that says, 
Gorman, <laughs> Gorman, yeah, Gorman <laughs> take these two paracetamols and yeah. I'll be right. We've got so it is it is difficult, but I suppose you know it, there are lots of uh, efficiencies available if we yes. do that correctly. Yeah, yeah. If we can use that to then have that whole class feedback again to think about how we respond in our teaching, yeah. what happens next, so what, this is what's happened, so what am I going to do next? Yeah. Um, and I think if done correctly, um, certainly you know because there are lots of students that make the same mistakes. Yeah, you know, and and we've and we've both probably in our career sat there and written the same feedback on loads of different yeah. kids work and think hang on a second and that's yeah. where that whole class feedback comes into its own oh, I think, definitely, yeah. where it can save significant time especially if you then use it to, to respond in your teaching so yeah that, that, that's really interesting so thinking about feedback in general now we've talked about whole class feedback we've talked about yeah. live marking we've talked about kind of you know whiteboards and immediacy and all that kind of stuff but yeah. in general terms now what would you say as the biggest impact what creates the least workload in terms of teacher time because that's I suppose the holy grail for anyone listening isn't it is it actually how can I have how can I be the most effective yeah but also the most efficient I think there's two two things that I've worked on and have been I've liked because of that exact reason hmm. that I'm working less hard but I'm working more effective yeah and one of them is that whole class assessment of, of where they're at when I'm doing a recall at the beginning hands up or when I'm doing a model your turn at the beginning, hands up and finding out exactly where we are as a class mm -hmm. as opposed to, um, you know, who got this question right, or as opposed to having targeting individuals. I'm finding out where, where the general picture is as a class and then I know where I'm going to put my, whether I need to redo it mm -hmm. or whether I've got two students I'm going to need to target when I'm going around and doing the live marking. Yeah. So that there for me cuts out loads of time and inefficiency that sort of checking where your whole class is at which I think you know some people use whiteboards we use yeah. the hands up approach at the minute with whiteboards coming into play later on probably and the other one is the uh, sort of that live marking the for, for years and years and years and years it, you know we, we were even scrutinied and, and QA'd on mm -hmm. the feedback in books yeah it, it made no difference to what the students were doing because People, if I wrote in a book, uh, you must improve how to solve mm. equations. People say, oh, that's great, you're giving feedback. Yeah. So what? It, it, yeah, yeah, it's not improving anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, written feedback in my subject is rarely of any use. Verbal feedback in every subject is yeah. always going to be of use. So if you can build in a way of having verbal feedback given, mm -hmm very often yeah. into your lessons it's a lot less time consuming and a lot more effective so it's those two things really. brilliant and picking up on the first one you mentioned just to give someone a, a, an extra kind of leg up and a bit of a tip yeah. you mentioned earlier when you talked about that kind of hands-up approach that yeah. it does require some training and yeah. it does require a little bit of prep work and actually not just expecting everyone to be spot on with it immediately no. but actually a little bit of that training and planning goes a long way to making sure that then it's accurate yeah. for you and you can rely on, on what those students yeah, are saying yeah, is that got, right? you've got to train the students you've got to train yourself you've got to think about the questions you're asking yeah. um, because we use a model your turn approach you've got to make sure that the your turn's got enough to think about for your students in front of you so I might just change the symbol to a, a, t a subtraction instead mm -hmm. of an addition in one of the equations, um, but I might actually put in some fractional stuff for, for, a, for a higher set. So I'm always thinking about, yes, here's the model, but I'm making them think, even though they've got something to rely yeah. on, and, and, and then... And, that, and that's where the inexperienced teacher or, the, or, the, or the, the person that's not been in teaching kind of looks at sometimes and goes, oh, that's easy. Yeah. But they don't then see what's going on yeah. in your head, as in, like, 
you know, why have I asked this question? Who am I asking it to? How have I trained the students to, yeah. to do that, to know this? How have I changed that to that to make, you know, all those things that go behind it. It's not just as easy as you open your mouth, ask a question. A few yeah. kids put their, put their hands in the end. You go, oh, great, let's move on then. <laughs> yes, there's, a, definitely, there's, definitely a, <laughs> there's a lot more going yeah. on behind the scenes and that sort. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Um, so in terms of then thinking about practical tips then, we've mentioned a couple there, yeah. but thinking about kind of if, if, if teachers listen to this and thinking, right, well, how can I become more efficient with my, with my marking? How can I be more effective and, and yeah. increase the effectiveness of it? What kind of practical tips, you know, if you had three or four practical tips that you could give to people, they could implement immediately, as in today, tonight, tomorrow, yeah. what would they be? Um, number one, have a red pen in your hand. Um, I, I'm, even though I'm the one telling my faculty to get out, <laughs> get out and have a pen in your end, there'll be times I'm oh, fed back. I've not yeah. done anything there, and actually, the physical having that red pen in your hand is helping you to talk through. You're able then to model what's mm -hmm. going on, uh, give them another model for them to respond to. Just have a red pen in your hand. Get so up, as soon as you leave yeah. the desk, red get pen, red pen, number one from number Nigel. One. Yeah. Get a pen and walk. <laughs> and yeah. Use it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two. If if you if you can build in the efficiencies of that whole class feedback, so you're not looking necessarily at individual feedback, you can make a bigger impact on your group much quicker mm -hmm. by having the knowledge of what it is that all of them need to improve on. Um, my <laughs> other tip is, if writing something down isn't going to make a difference, don't write it down. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. just a, you. What we're doing there is writing it for the wrong purpose. If, if it is improving, and, and for some people it will be useful for students yeah. to have that or, or for, for moat or anything like that. But if if the writing is not going to improve anything, don't write it. it so so as, a, as a, if an inexperienced teacher is, is listening to this yeah. and they're thinking, right, well, but how do I know if it's going to have an impact? Because you know, what you're saying is, if it's yeah. not going to have an impact, don't do it. But how do I know if it's going to have an impact? What, what, would, what would be the stages that you would be able to detect yeah, and identify yeah. has it had an impact yeah so this is that going back to learning over time yeah the next time something is done have they made the same mistake yeah. are they um are they able to uh, is their piece of writing improved have they listened to what you've, you've said i mean if and if people you know if students are reading what you've said and then they've been able to rewrite what uh, in a in a similar scenario write an improved piece of writing or even improve that current piece of writing mm -hmm and that writing has improved it, then yes. Yeah. But if the next time they do something that's fairly similar or, mm -hmm. or uh, is in response to your feedback and they just don't do anything, there's no change, it's about the change, yeah. it, then it's had no impact. Brilliant. And I think over time you, you sort of get used to what, what that is. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, is that it for practical tips? That Hello. is, that practical is. tips. Yeah. Ma magic three there, yeah, is Yeah, it? the magic three, but the red pen's key. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So finally then, um, getting to kind of you know, where you are now in your career, um, what things have you learned then since you, since you became a, a qualified teacher? Yeah. What have you learned then, kind of reflecting on your own practice and your own career, what have you learned about marketing and feedback over the years that you really wished you'd have known when you first came into teaching? You know, what are those things where you think, ah, yeah. oh, I wish I could go back and tell the NQT Nigel, do this or don't do this? What are those things that you think? Oh, oh. Yeah, so it, it goes to, back to that sort of guided practice element where we're doing a model on a your turn and checking and assessing at that point. Because when I was trained, it was give a really clear example and then give them some questions to do. 
but then when you're doing something say for example where you've got solving an equation I keep using that example but if I was solving an equation I could have something like uh, 10 minus x equals 5 or something like that and because of the other example didn't seem to flow in the same way that it throws students off yeah. so knowledge of what throws students off making sure that I'm modeling all of those scenarios or you know with a with a depending on my students I, I would change the way that I would say things in the model to make sure then it would actually impact on that style of question okay. but the the assessment and the feedback comes at that stage straight away yeah, yeah. and I'm assessing all of the different bits before I'm setting them off on a load of work that because then they're basically getting their hands up can't do it can't do it yeah. I'm running around like an idiot yeah, yeah. and not not I'm not actually being effective because all I'm doing is reteaching what I should have taught in the first place so actually having that more thought about the questions that you're modeling at the beginning mm -hmm. and more thought about how you're explaining things um, more thought about how um, things like back fading that Mark McCall I've read about mm -hmm. which is effective in terms of the, the, the far transfer um, all of those things where the guided practice is more effective because of the the assessment and the feedback you give yeah at that point, at that point. yeah yeah writing stuff down the amount of words I've written that I, <laughs> I'm embarrassed about writing is just immense so just if writing like I said the top tip if writing something down is not changing what the student does don't do it yeah and it's uh, interesting that's probably taking you 20 years to realize yeah. that isn't it or like which <laughs> yeah. is you know it's disheartening but you know yeah. passing that advice up to people right now yeah. And saying, you know, don't do this. Um, again, if it's not having any impact, then yeah. uh, really, really important. And I think just, just picking up on one of the, again, we've mentioned it all the way through, but you, you've continually referenced that kind of assessment and feedback at that point. Yeah. Not delayed, not at the end of, an, of a unit when potentially they've made more mistakes and more mistakes and made yeah. practice mix permanent, et cetera, et cetera, and made it harder to unpick and then not give the feedback or not give time or act on the feedback. Yeah. But actually all the things you've talked about continuously, it's about feedback in the moment or assessment yeah. in the moment and feedback in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And then even more importantly, an opportunity to actually improve on or use that feedback again immediately. Yes. You know, with immediacy, not down the line, not yeah. six weeks later, right there, right then clearly has the biggest impact and I think yeah. that is a huge takeaway for people if we can find in whatever subject we're doing more opportunities to do that then A right in terms of what we the, the title of the podcast it's going to make it more effective yeah. and more efficient and that's yeah. literally nail on the head isn't it you yeah know, it is if we can do that and, and but it's about the process the timing and thinking about how that fits in not just kind of hoping it's going to happen. You've really got to be strategic to plan that. So, yeah, no, that's been absolutely brilliant. So I think we'll, we'll kind of finish on that note because yep. it really kind of then brought that all the way back around together, really. Um, and it's been great talking about that this afternoon, talking about how feedback can be really, really important, how it can be really effective or more effective, how, how you can be more efficient in it, and also some of the things that you've learned along the way, uh, some of the top tips for people that they can kind of use immediately. Uh, everyone will be scrabbling for, for uh, putting, <laughs> putting a pack of red pens on their desk now. Or having it on a having it on like a you know blue tack next to their yeah, monitor yeah. so they can just kind of grab it and take it away. But anything like that, um, then hopefully you can you know whatever, um, however you experienced or inexperienced you are, what subject you teach. Hopefully there's been things you can you can take from the podcast this afternoon uh, between you know Nigel and I chatting about it. And yeah, it's been a pleasure talking about that. And it's always a pleasure to talk to a practitioner about breaking down what we do uh, into those kind of small chunks so that people can put it into practice in their own in their own kind of uh, classroom. So yeah, massive thank you for taking the time out this afternoon. Really appreciate it um, and uh, I, I say it's always been always a pleasure talking about teaching and learning oh, thank you John I've really enjoyed it it's been good fun
Thanks for listening to the ALT Learn Podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode where we'll be speaking to more of our teachers and finding out how they're turning theory into practice. Until then, take care.